I heard you're a spin instructor, and I just wanted you to have this. Do you wear a onesie? I do not wear a onesie. This one's good. You should try I, onesies. I might try it now. Uh, Eight-year top 25 fast casual executive, president and CEO of Wowbow, Mr. Jeff Alexander, and most importantly, spin instructor. Look at that. I got this for you. That's, Does this look like you? Is that supposed to be me? That's supposed to be you. I mean, you got good gray going on. This is a someone worked on this for weeks. Someone worked on this for weeks. Uh, I heard you're a spin instructor, and I just wanted you to have this. I'll have one for me, and one you can have. Okay. What do you think? I'll put it right on the right back here. Right do we like this? Yeah, it's beautiful. Now, do you wear a onesie? I do not wear a onesie. This one's good. You should try I, onesies. I might try it now. Okay. All right. This is uh, getting sure, but I'm afraid what you would do with the picture. This is coming your way in like 48 hours. All right, we're sending this to you. I hope it's uh, on your wall. Uh, I know you'll have no space left, despite all the words you have, but I hope you make some uh, space there. Maybe on that table right behind you. Yeah, I'll find a good place for it, don't worry. Jeff, how you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. I begged you for f 15 years and you finally said yes. I needed you to have more than a couple of listeners. <laughs> we have, we are in double digits now. We're in double digits now. Yes. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we want, I just, you know, I feel like uh, it's hard to interview friends because it's just like you're doing it a little bit for yourself and a lot for the audience versus if you meet someone new, you're doing it mostly for yourself and it's, you know, it's different. So it's hard being formal with you this I way. I was afraid you were going to say that we've stopped being friends. <laughs> Let's stop being friends so we can have a killer podcast and maybe we pick it back up. Okay. But it has to be damaging the way we ended, like like hard to repair. Don't say don't say that you're recording this. We'll just Actually, we'll just hit pause. Yes, we'll hit pause. Uh, all right, first question. You did like 20 plus years at Lettuce. 30. 30 years at Lettuce. Last week was 30 years. You just say your anniversary, and you just joined. You joined what, like a couple of days right after college? Nine days after college? Is this true? I joined Lettuce May twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. Nine days out of college. Wow. Who stays at a job that long anymore? What happened? Well, Why did you do it? What's great about Lettuce is, for those who don't know Lettuce Entertain You, it's a privately held restaurant group based in Chicago. We operate in six or seven states with a number of different concepts, and for me, I've worked on ten or twelve different concepts. And if you do the straight math, it's basically every two years I had a new job. It doesn't really work out that way because now I've done Wildbow since 09. So I've been with Wildbow for 14 years. But prior to that, from 1993 to 2009, I worked on about seven, eight, 10 concepts, which is almost like every two years you had a new job, new cuisine, new location, new restaurant, new people to work with, new customers to deal with. So that keeps you fresh, that keeps you invigorated, that keeps you, you know, hungry for more. Why stay? with them for that many years? Because I'm sure you got, you know, every couple of years or every couple of months, someone else was like, hey, come join us. Why did you say I'm staying? I have more to do. You know, what was it about Lettuce? Richard Melman, our founder, and Kevin Brown, our CEO, are two of the most impactful and fantastic mentors I've ever had. I, I've learned so much. And Lettuce Entertain You is really a college course for entrepreneurs. You get an, an opportunity to be your own boss and really take responsibility. Now, that being said, and to be very frank with, with those that are listening, I got very unhappy at Lettuce at one point. My career wasn't moving. It wasn't going the direction I wanted it to. I didn't feel like I was having success. And I was actually out interviewing. I, back in 2015, 
2016, uh, late 14, I started inter interviewing with other companies. And through that interview process, I got introduced to uh, John Shulkin and Antonio Gracias of Valor Equity Partners. I thought I was on an interview meeting. Maybe they thought we were just meeting to become acquaintances. But from that, that exchange, they ended up being the private equity group that purchased WowVal. And now I've become their partners and Lettuce is still involved, but it opened up a new door for me to really expand my career in a way I wasn't able to before. How, uh, how small was Waba at the time? We had five restaurants. No. Five locations. Yeah, we had four, three or four airport locations, five brick and mortar, uh, two locations on college campuses, and a handful of grocery stores. Okay, and today it's everywhere. Uh, like, can you give us the scale? Like, can you give us the scale at where it is today yeah. and, and the so, ramp up? Today we're at three brick and mortar. <laughs> so we actually grew to eight, but COVID, uh, unfortunately we lost a couple during COVID. But we have at the end of August of this year, at the end of the summer, we will be in 1500 sushi counters inside grocery stores with our take wow. program. We'll be in close to 3,500 or, or maybe even 4,000, I guess 4,000 uh, grocery stores with our freezer uh, frozen product. We have six airports right now. Number seven will open up this fall in Salt Lake City, partnered with a dark kitchen program where we allow other restaurants to sell our food out their back door, third party delivery. And since we launched that in April of 2020, we have 700 locations across the US and Canada right now. Wow. And we That's have food vending machines. Don't forget that. Yeah, I tried it at NRA. You guys had the best booth best people and you had a little bit of everything you had people cooking you had the vending machine you had tech you had everything together i think you guys had the best booth at nra thank you yeah thank you we we showed off the four verticals that we do we had the vending machine there we have about 40 machines deployed across the country right now uh we had our vertical for our our grocery and grocery fresh then we showed off our non-traditional and then we showed off the dark kitchen so we were we had a lot of different things going on in the booth okay so you started here wabas here right like there's a huge ramp looking back it's a beautiful story what was the vision back then and how much did you have to pivot or was this exactly what you guys had vision like like how was how messy was the journey from back then the messy's always journey i don't think anybody has a clean journey and if you have a clean one you probably aren't scaling as fast as you could for us we had the idea to do the dark kitchen what happened was in Late 2019, John Shulkin, my partner from Valor and I were talking about how do we want to grow the brand. And Valor owns other restaurants and Lettuce has other restaurants. And during the conversation, a comment was made, why don't we just sell our product to these other restaurants for them to do third party delivery? And it was like one of those light bulbs, like all the lights in the building flickered on and off at the same moment. It was like an aha moment. So we built out training materials, third party delivery relationships, you know, supply chain got more robust. And we launched in January of 2020 with one location and then COVID hit and it became hockey stick growth, you know, like once in a lifetime type of ramp up uh, because nobody could do in-room dining, in-house dining. It was all delivery only and yeah. people needed as much revenue as they could get. So we had, a, we were, we were set up for success. Now, as people are coming out of COVID and dining rooms are back and people are enjoying the restaurants as they should be there is still this revenue center that is on a, a, a still a major growth platform and people are enjoying having that extra money. So we see a lot of opportunities still coming our way and we believe there will be a lot more opportunities as we continue to grow. I love that. And, and I love the Waba journey. I think you guys are just, you know, one of the things we try to do here at Lunchbox is like, hey, can we push the conversation forward? We try to do that. And I think no one does it more and better in food or food tech than Waba. Like you guys are doing some interesting things with Web3. People who are serving food don't 
go that far on their own. Usually a partner helps them. It seems like you want, you know, you guys have a similar ethos. Why go into Web3? Why constantly push the boundaries? Like, what's your mindset? What are you thinking? What are the conversations like within your, you know, uh, operating team? Yeah, I, I just want to go back to your last question where you asked about how the journey is. I just, you know, we have an internal saying that we're building the plane as we're flying it, right? Like we are all hands on deck all day, every day to make sure that our partners are successful. And, you know, we, we make messes and we clean them up quickly. And I think that's what's important when you're growing an organization is to recognize where the faults lay and figure out how to make them better. But for your question about getting into technology and, and taking on these different things, technology has always been important to me. Uh, I mean, 2010, we had self-ordering kiosks. and 2012, we had mobile gift cards uh, where literally I can meet you on the street and text money to your phone so you can eat at Wild Bow. 2010? 2010 that company oh, wow. went bankrupt so we don't have that anymore but it was it was a great way as an emerging brand of people who never heard you i could just meet you and send five dollars twenty dollars right to your phone and it would work as a debit card off your before phone. venmo this is before Venmo. Oh, yeah oh this, yeah. yeah this is way before in 2017 we had fully automated front of the house restaurants where you'd order off of your iphone or android device or in our kiosks in house and it was a wall wow. of electric cubbies that were all animated with different things going on. And when your food is ready, your name would appear on the cubby and you would double tap, open up and grab your food with zero wow. action. Uh, we had a couple of those stores. So we've done a lot with technology over the years. When we look at Web3 and the NFT space, what's been very successful for WowBow is that we've always been an adopter of technology early. And when you're an adopter of technology early, the first thing is you have the ability to help write the narrative of where that technology is going because you are literally out there testing it and giving feedback. The second thing is any technology in the restaurant space is not made by restaurant people. So we all have to conform our business to fit the technology, no matter how good that tech is. If you want it, you have to change your business. That's why the restaurant industry is slow to adopt technology. Mm -hmm. What I found is because we have this ability to be an early adopter, is those people who create technology want our input and are willing to make changes to their technology because they see that we can help be a launching pad for them. So that's another reason to get involved early. When you look out in the next 18 to 36 months, as more brands enter the space, we will be so far ahead of them that we will be onto the next thing or we will yeah. pave the way for those people to be that much easier to enter the space. I love that. That's awesome, man. And, and and it's awesome because, you know, as a former restaurateur, watching you do that makes it safer for, you know, other restaurants to do it because the margins are thin. You you know, the margins are so thin. It doesn't create an environment where, you know, let's still have fun. And you guys seem to be having a lot of fun and testing a lot. And you guys have such good intention in how you guys are doing it. There's a lot of people who will dabble into things just for press. And you guys seem to always do it. Uh, as a quickly so the second wave can have a better experience yes i, I mean look I, I will be selfish there is a press angle to it right i mean sure sure getting into the the the, the, the web three in the last two weeks we have guarded an unbelievable amount of press when you're early you get the press but you also get the headaches right so you are paying for that press somehow some way and yes are we doing it to make it better for the industry are we doing it better to make it for us to get press all that's absolutely true but what's when you get involved with technology, the most important thing is A, is it going to make the consumer experience better? And B, is it going to make your employees' lives easier? Either one of those and no, then I don't recommend using the technology. It has to work for both sides of the coin. And if it's going to make your employee job harder, then you have to explain to them why it's making their job harder.
What is yeah. the ultimate benefit to come out of it? Yeah. If, if you get buy-in from your team, you know, the world is your oyster, they say, right? You can go anywhere with it. You're, you're too young to know who Ricky Bobby is. And the line in the movie is, if you're not first, you're last. And I just feel that's true when it comes to technology. You know, yeah. the amount of the amount of energy and fun you can have by being early adopters of things is really, really exciting to us. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, uh, revealing your age. Because, uh, like, listen, we're both aging the same. You know, there's a couple of years in between, but we're both aging the same. You're I'm just, just not aging well. You're being better looking at me than I am. Lies. All right, listen, you've been claiming you're a New Yorker living in Chicago. So uh, we're going to do a quick quiz, pop quiz, real quick quiz. I'm going to, on the spot, I'm going to ask you five questions. You're going to say New York or Chicago. All right, I'm going to hit you with different categories, okay? All right. First one, easy one. You know, who has better pizza? New York. Okay, good. Who has the better sports team? New York. <laughs> okay. All right. Who has better gangsters? Probably Chicago. Okay. All right. Fair. All right. I'll, you know, that but one. Okay. But, but I think New York's gangsters might still be alive. I think a lot of Chicago. <laughs> they still, they still made it. They still passed it on. Uh, who has better people? Ooh. I got to tell you. Midwesterners are, are a different breed. It's funny, when I go back to New York and I like hold the door because you're supposed to hold the door when someone's walking in, you're like stuck for 40 minutes because no one else grabs the door. Yes. In Chicago, you open the door for somebody, someone else is like, oh, I got it and they'll let you through. In New York, like you're stuck holding the door. So I thought Chicago is a cleaner, younger, more manageable New York. But New York has the vibe and energy that you will not find anywhere else. And I will always choose New York. So you pick New York? Well, the people, Midwest, nice people. Okay, so he picks Chicago. All right, the comment section will be filled with hate from me and two other people. All right, uh, let me, let's do another one. Better, better Wawa members, better recruits, better employees, better team members. Jeff, answer correctly, sir. New Yorkers I got, or Chicago? I gotta give a shout out to my current people. My Is everyone local? Yeah, we're here in Chicago. Okay, that's yeah. You want to get get out of the office? Don't do that to me. We're almost done. Better, better weather. New York. You're what else? Did I miss anything? You gonna ask about the hot dogs? I feel like we have better hot dogs, right? Is that not clear? Here's What's better hot dog? There's nothing better than getting a dirty dish dog on the corner of New York City with sauerkraut. Yes. There's nothing better than papaya's hot dog and papaya cake. That's my cheat you, meal. I will tell you, a Portillo's Chicago dog with all the fixings is pretty outrageous. The spicy hot dog from Papayas with some ketchup and relish no with ketchup. a Coke. A little bit of ketchup. I'm, I'm in the, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm young. I was born in 91. Oh, yeah. Nathan's hot dog is the top of the line you'll ever find. All right. All right. Uh, all right. That concludes New York versus Chicago. Uh, for the people uh, that Jeff has devastated or need therapy or need session or want to do a class action lawsuit, please, here's link, my type form. Let's join in. I'm leading it. Uh, I already have lawyers ready. Jeff, thank you for playing that game. Thank you. All right. Oh, uh, I hope I won. I think you did well. I think you. I think you answered like you answered like a New Yorker would, honestly. And I think for that you will survive. You know, I was hanging out with your. Uh, you brought your daughter to uh, award ceremony. Yep. Thank God you won that night. Otherwise, woof, that's embarrassing, right? Like no one wants to go hang out with their dad and he didn't win. Uh, and uh, you did win. And you know, I was I was talking to her and I was like, is he like? Do you know your dad's famous? She's like, I realized it like a year ago. He's famous. Uh, and then I was like, tell oh, no, me what is. 
Huh? Famous. How about well known? That's not famous. Famous is the word I used, and she confirmed that she's now aware you're famous. And I was like, "How is he like at home?" And he's like, "You know, he's always." And I just this is not a question. This is more so a little bit about Jeff. He's always available. He's always around. And when he's not around, he's streaming our games and our events from the office. Why is that so important to you? Why? How are you able to balance the two? Did it come with time, or you always were like family first and let's you know invest well, in that? So uh, you're going to get very personal here, and you're going to make me answer questions you probably aren't ready to hear the answers to. But uh, I lost my father when I was eight, and when I was uh, 29, I lost my mother, and at 37ish, I lost my sister. And family is important. You know, you have you make time for your employees. All of us talk about how you have to make time for your employees. You have to make time for your family. You also have to make time for yourself. I mean, it's very important to remember to take time for yourself. You say that I'm very generous with my time. There's a story that I heard. I, I met two different people in my life. They explained to me how when they were both in college or grad school, they reached out to Richard Melman to ask him some questions. And Richard Melman, the founder of Lettuce, probably the the, the hardest working man I've ever met in my life. Took both of their phone calls separately. These might be years apart. I don't know. Gave them each 15 minutes, and how they then became somebody in the industry, and they always remembered that gener the generosity that Rich gave. And what I've learned over time from just hearing that conversation was the hardest thing for you for us to give to people is our time. We're so busy, but the hardest thing for someone to ask for is your time, because if you're too busy to give them your time, you just shot them down. There, they have heartache. It's a lesson that it's going to deter them from asking for help in the future. So when someone asks you for your time, you have to give it. And I'm not saying you give people hours of the day. You know, usually five minutes or ten minutes will answer what they need. But it's going to mean more to that person than it's ever going to mean to us giving it. However, eventually, it's going to mean more to us giving it to them than it is actually for them to receive it. It just has to. There's an inflection point where that changes. And for me to be present for my daughter's. You know, basketball games or graduations or prom nights or birthdays or just to have family dinner and to be there for my son and take him to his basketball practice and I'm going to wait a father son sleepaway camp for three days. Shoot me in the head, but <laughs> I'm doing it for him. These are things that we have to do. It's important for us. It's important for them. And it's it's really at the end of the day, it's what we're all here for, right? We're all here to impact one another in a positive way. And if you lose sight of that, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And the only reason why I'm able to find balance, and this is important, is because I have a fantastic team, and I have my team's back when they need to go do things, and they have my back when I need to go do things. And it's important to recognize that everybody has a life outside of work, and everybody's struggling to find balance. And once you find that balance, you have to teach other people how to find that balance. It's hard. Not everybody wants the balance, but the balance exists if you find a way to it. I don't really know what to say except like that was so profound. Like I have like my mind racing of all the things I can do differently as a leader and as a person at home because of what he just said. I, and I hope people who are watching take away something similar and are similarly at loss for words, which I'm usually not. I love that. I love. I love that, and I uh, really appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure that was not the easiest, but I. I just uh, you're the man. No, I appreciate. It. Look, you only have your children at an age for so long. And <laughs> my daughter's 24 now. And look, there's a period of time where your children love you, can't be without you, and then want nothing to do with you. But then they come back to you. Yeah. And 
if you miss that part where they love you and can't be without you and you fall into that phase where I don't want you around because experience independence, you don't understand me now, it's the rebel years, we've all been there. You've missed so much and you yeah. can't get it back. And it's not fair, it's not fair to them and it's definitely not fair to us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, growing up in the, in, the, in the way that I did, you know, you learn how important it is to have that person by your side. You know, there's gonna be no greater cheerleader you know, no one's ever going to have your back more than your parents will. They just won't. So yeah. you have to be that good parent to your employees and to your children and to your spouse or your partner, whoever it may be. You got to be that rock, that rock. And you got to find time for yourself. I've had a fantastic therapist for 23 years. Guys taking me from therapy to executive coach to life coach to now just, you know, a steam valve where I could just open it up and explode and speak. This person is the same person or is yeah, same person for all the same years. person. I can't imagine starting over and having to like vomit up my whole, get somebody up to speed, right? Like this guy better never retire. Uh, but it, it look, it, it, leaders need ways to educate ourselves, motivate ourselves, inspire ourselves and be able to vent. And if you're a leader and you're not finding ways to keep yourself motivated, if you're not finding ways to educate yourself, if you're not finding things around you to inspire yourself, and you're not finding ways around you to release what we're dealing with. You know, the old saying is lonely at the top. We don't have people to share with. I chair a CEO group for other restaurateurs, and that is an outlet for me to share and vent business side. But we all have personal side, and that's where my therapist comes in. And then education, inspiration, motivation. You gotta, you gotta read, you gotta, meet people you got to visit things you got to experience that's how you become a better leader and it's an everyday process i love it podcast thought we were going to have everybody i mean listen i mean why have a podcast that anyone wants to have but the ones that were you, like your passion just poured out of the screen like i just want to i want to go for a run now i'm just amped up listening to you man you're inspiring i'm sure this took a long time but you are great at you're just a great friend a great person at home and are building one of the greatest brands a restaurant has seen and i'm just appreciative to watch you do it uh be around you uh, in, in your orbit and i'm just grateful for you to join us on this podcast thank you i appreciate you nabil thank you very much absolutely